Please don't call my phone again. Leave me alone. Rent's all in my lungs again. I'm in my zone. Back up on the road again. My money long, uh uh-uh. uh. Tryna rock a show again. I'm in my zone. Shout out to V Sunny for providing the new subjective comedy intro song. Follow her on social media at I am V Sunny and check out her album Lover Girl. It's out June 30th. And Road to Lover Girl, the prequel album, is available now on all platforms. All right. Welcome to Subjective Comedy. I'm Brad Scott, joined uh, here in Basements Unknown by Mark Biddy. Hello, everyone. On the stream today, we have the usual suspects. We have Rob Harris, too cool for his own good and likes to desert certain people right when they're most vulnerable on the podcast. But... Rob, how are Poor you? Mary. I'm good. good. I'm good. Uh, uh, getting ready to to really, really try to pull in subscribers for his uh, OnlyFans account. <laughs> it is Finch. Uh, Yo, that's also me. apparently, uh, I don't know, playing on an iPad. What, what's up, Finch? Yo, I'm trying to follow IMV Sunny oh, on social media. Well, well done, sir. Well done. Well, I'm I'm in my place. Rob is there as well. Uh, drunk Dan, are you sober enough to find I am V Sunny and follower? Uh, I'm gonna listen to this later, um, and <laughs> I will be reminded then. And what are you drinking this week? Uh, so I'm still on the Starlight Distillery bourbon. I got their rye as well. I picked it up the other day, and it is delicious. But I figure I'm not gonna change course midstreams now. I'm gonna keep drinking this bourbon until it's gone. And by the way. Oh, okay. See, I was getting ready to do the thing where I'm like, you don't mean you're on the same bottle. You're just on the same brand. What a silly question, Brad. <laughs> and our special guest, Ryan Shipley. Ryan, how are you, buddy? Good. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's a terrifying moment every time we have a pause when Ryan is about to speak because we don't know if we've lost audio or uh, here between us. We don't know if he's disappeared, if he's frozen. Uh, Ryan, uh, did you guys hear that? <laughs> what was that? No, did you hear that though? Yeah, we heard you. We heard you. You've been in Indianapolis comic for how long, Ryan? Did you hear it? No, did it work? I can't hear. I I don't know if it's a bit or if he really can't hear us. Wait, Ryan, can you hear us? Shipley might have to go audio only. Is he? Is he I think maybe the. Uh, turn- <laughs> this. Is this a bit or is this real life? It's like freeze frame I'm going on over here. Alright, turn off your video, oh, Ryan, and see if that helps. See, this is the future. This is, uh, this is our new norm. <laughs> I gotta turn it off. We're bad, guys. Are you using your, in- your neighbor's internet? I've done that. Oh, I love this. Ryan, I'm back. You know, this is a perfect opening for the third show. Big new intro song, same shit. (laughs) Ryan, how long have you been a comedian? (laughs) Oh, my God. Smiling and nodding. Is he giving me the this many hands? He's giving you the ten. Yeah, he's giving you the ten. Ten years, okay. It's really great for the audio medium. Yes, yes. uh, (laughs) I think it's six, maybe five. 
So he gave you the hands and then lied to him, apparently. He's been a comedian now for <laughs> ten flashing fingers, six years, five years. Uh, since, since the dawn of time, he is the Highlander of comedy. Um, Ryan, have you been based uh, in Indy the entire time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now I don't know if he's just fucking with me or if it's a bit or if it's his... I don't know if he's frozen on us. Okay. No, there was a delay. I saw him say oh. yeah before we heard Yeah. Him. Okay, so shifting gears. We'll get back to your ride when we come back to comedy. <laughs> Most of us are based and located here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we are very proud to say that we are officially 12 days Without a riot. We are riot-free for 12 days. We have had a, uh, a peaceful protest. But, Rob, I wanted to ask you, because I haven't I haven't seen... Were the, I know the first eight days post-riot were all each day and night uh, peaceful protest. Has that been still going on for uh, the past couple of days? Because I haven't seen much news coverage, but it also I haven't really been looking. Yeah, there are things taking place. I just think it's at a smaller level now. Um, I just Indianapolis just doesn't have the organization that you have in other cities like Seattle, New York, Philadelphia. I mean, you see like thousands of people still on the street. So just Indianapolis, just uh, from that level, grassroots is just not the organization here that you have in other cities. Do you think it's because that we're like, I mean, we're a city that's not quite used to this yet? Uh, and so this is like our learning stages and God forbid, but hopefully it doesn't have to happen, you know, years down the line again, or even some sort of other protest. Maybe we will be more prepared and more organized. Um, partially, partially. I think, I just think just the people who try to come here people who have tried to organize are just kind of frustrated after a while because it takes something like this to get people involved. And really when you're thinking about organizing, it is like all the time. There's always work going on. You always want to try to have a group of people that you can reach out who then can put like reach reach out and grab more people and get that energy. It's just not here in Indianapolis. It's like it's it's in the moment. Like if you look at Indianapolis sports, I think Indianapolis is the worst sports city in the world. It's just like Oh, bold statement. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know exactly what he's talking about, but go ahead. Well, I love the Yeah, it's just the work. <laughs> What, this, so, what did you creep in there with? I love the Indians. I said I love the Indians. Yeah. It's a great organization. Very family friendly. Nine, Are they AAA baseball? Yeah, but $9 yes. games, dollar Monday nights? Can't beat it. <laughs> right. Rob, yeah. what were you referring to when yeah. it came to the real sports? <laughs> no, I mean, they, it's a great minor league team. It's a great it's a great ballpark. Um, but like Pacers and Colts, it's just, unless they're hot... You could buy a ticket, like as a Bears fan growing up in Gary, right outside of Chicago. You can come down when the Bears were playing the Colts. You cannot get a ticket at Soldier Field, but you could get a ticket. You could get a ticket to the RCA Dome. <laughs> like you could walk right up that day and get a ticket. And as soon as things get bad, like people just kind of stop showing up to the game. Like the way that um, what's his name, um, the back who uh, retired. Andrew what's his Luck. name? Number one draft. Thank you. Like getting booed like that. That was I mean, that's just to me, that's just that energy is just just really represents almost organization in the city. Well, as long as the moment is hot, we're right there with you. But the energy just evaporates and you need that energy all the time. Not only that, but uh 
I mean, when Andrew Luck was first drafted, everyone was so mad that the Colts had the audacity to get rid of a almost 40-year-old quarterback with neck injury, neck injuries and surgeries to go after possibly the next greatest quarterback of all time that people were boycotting. And uh, it was a little light in the stands. And then it took four weeks and Andrew Luck had a comeback drive against Aaron Rodgers at home. And from that point on, all you saw were 12 jerseys. Well, I mean, Indianapolis is a, a bandwagon city on pretty much everything. But it prides itself or it claims to pride itself uh, on being the, uh, you know, we're loyal. We're not like those big market cities, like the Heat, the, the which I, I, I brought that up for a reason because I had to listen to that shit for four fucking years about how Pacer fans are real fans, built, not bought. No, you're just, you're, damn for the love of God. We've got to figure something out. You've either got to mute yourself until you you chime in, or we've got to figure something out with the mic. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> no, no, you just did. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, no, you're 100% right, though. Indianapolis does have really bad sports uh, teams, like or sports fans. It just not the behavior yet. The, the booing Andrew Luck for choosing his health and not wanting to you know, possibly ruin the rest of his life physically to win Jim Irsay uh, a ring to add to his pill collection was uh, was disgraceful. Ryan, are you a big sports fan? Agree with what you just said there, Brad. <laughs> uh, Andrew Luck should have died on the. <laughs> All I heard was Andrew Luck should have died. Gosh darn it, he should have died on the field for us. He shouldn't have quit that. That early, what the heck, dude? He's calling in remotely from Scandinavia or something. <laughs> Retiring at what? He's not even. Damn. Fitch, don't don't go He's... too much on your high horse because before we started recording, half the time that's exactly what you sounded like to us. Correct. Yeah, but he sounds like an auto-tuned redneck. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's you sounded exactly like. Exactly what you sound. Was that cutting out? <laughs> no, I think cutting out might have even been better. Uh, it might have been better for us if we could cut out. Um, Dan, uh, are you a big sports fan? I know I've asked you this before, but for the for the listeners, uh, I I enjoy watching most sports. Hockey's the main one that I follow, but if there's a game on, I'll watch it most of the time. Baseball's got to be background because you can watch. You can watch nine hours of baseball and see 30 seconds of interesting. Oh, my God. Especially nowadays um, when it's just home run or strikeout. Home run yeah. or strikeout. But I, I definitely enjoy watching sports as long as uh, – like I don't need to see anything amazing, but I want it to be a good game. Like I stopped watching uh, anything. If it looks like a blowout, I'm not going to watch it because that's not fun or exciting anymore. That's why and I don't I, watch uh, Jersey Shore. Too many blowouts. Jesus Christ! Uh. All right, but anyway, I was actually I was actually going to mention that the 2002 Winter Olympics were a good time for uh, sports because that's when they played everything. They they play all of the sports. And a, a good buddy of mine, Jason uh, Jason Clemmer, uh, rest his soul. Thanks for bringing him up. Uh, that's your line, isn't it, Brad? Anyway, uh, we got trashed on uh, Jack Daniels and Great Knee High. Uh, watching women's curling championship in, in 2002. I like sports too. 
he was like Rambo with like those bullets, you know, that bullet thing across his chest, but it was just bad joke after bad joke that he was hitting us with. And I want to know, explain the blowout joke. We talk about the hair yeah. style. Yeah, it's called a, it's called a blowout. That stupid okay. hair style from the jersey. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I wasn't aware. You're a national treasure. You truly are Indiana's rose. Um, Thank you, sir. Okay, so now we have we have to move on. We have to get into this next thing. We had we had kind of off uh, air discussed as a group whether it was going to be this recurring joke, but obviously this this we can't even hold together a single joke. <laughs> so let alone try to keep something going week to week. And Dan has has actually. Oh no, wait. Actually, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize, Dan. This is not a joke either. I swear to God. I swear this to fucking not, God. This is not Dan. I swear. <laughs> I said, take a drink, calm down, because Finch, we actually need to hear about Finch's uh, experience with two grumpy old men today. Uh, they weren't men. Well, one was a man, one was a woman. Oh, my God. I forgot we fucking did this already in the message. That's a very important distinction. I appreciate. So, two old people. What happened? They were, Finch? yes. So, um, as you guys know, and now the listeners will know, I'm. Uh, out of state currently helping uh helping out my father-in-law because he had some pretty serious open heart surgery it's not a work and thing that he is out of state for we want to make that very clear finch is not out of state job. for work he does not have a job nope. I, I do not work uh so anyway uh, i was here and they sent a home health care uh, nurse or whatever uh and the, the two of them were talking right so my father-in-law is 73 years old uh this home health nurse probably was 68 69 she's uh, also geriatric, elderly, old, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but they were talking about the recent events. And, uh, of course, I'm down here in the uh, one of the Carolinas, not sure which one. Um, but she was a very southern lady, uh, very polite and very awesome. She was cool. Uh, but she was talking about how the race stuff was going on and how when she was a kid, everybody used the N-word and it was just normal. And, and that's just how they grew up. But she has obviously learned from that. And she's like, they're just like everybody else. Uh, we're just all people and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I got to thinking to myself in, let's say, 50 years. Mm -hmm. So let's say she was 65 right now. And when she was eight years old, they were walking around saying the N-words and telling people that they uh, shouldn't, you know, they're less class. And, you know, you know what they did 50 years ago in the South. I don't need to teach a history lesson. Um, but if that has changed in the last 50 years, can we not affect that change and maybe make it a little bit faster? Uh, and the, to the degree that they've changed from then to now, can we maybe do that in the next, you know, six months? Uh, real quick, Fitch, cause I, I, I do like that. I do. You did pull it around at the end before we get to everybody's response to that. Really Rob? That you couldn't have <laughs> fucked with him and disappeared during that. As soon as he said the phrase inward, you should have been gone. You should have been a ghost. No, no. If that would have been me, I would have been staring at a blank screen, wondering, oh, fuck, did I fuck up a decade old friendship? Ah, there you go, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think the question is, I don't think, I don't think six months is realistic, Fitch. <laughs> Yeah, very, and, and, yeah, I'm being a little facetious with that, but I mean, no, like, I was gonna say it's to, actually it's very, you know, uh, you know, a, a, uh, not anxious, but uh, ambitious, ambitious of you. But uh, what do you guys think is a realistic timeline for 
And I would honestly say that this would go beyond race to include uh, LGBTQ community as well uh, to get past those differences. What what's a what do you guys think is a realistic timeline to where people look back at how you know people right now uh, treat you know minority groups and and really really look at it as archaic? We'll start with uh, Dan. Oh, great plan. Let's start. Let's start with me. Um... <laughs> I, I, you know what? Come back to me. No, that's right. I don't they, have they, an, I don't have an optimistic answer no, on this. It, but it's it's why he's so good. You didn't even need to fill out the optimistic answer. It's just, take a drink. I, that's, yes, sir. That, yeah, this is an order. Uh, Ryan, do you have any thoughts as to maybe a, a a realistic, you know, time that we could be looking towards where all the the bigotry is is more archaic? I don't know. Why wait, man? Let's look at it right now. <laughs> of course. Bus is open right now. It sounded like a robotic pothead this time. What? It didn't work? I kind of want to just what? play this as this is Ryan. Like, this I is wait. how he sounds. This is who he is. This is on stage. This is why he's yeah, my favorite comedian because he does a good robot impression. Nobody kills the robot. <laughs> <laughs> like ship we know those things. And right now he's been I know we've technically we've only had two guests, but Vic, I'm sorry, buddy, you're in the rear view mirror as of right now because when it gets, this has just been this has been paradise. All right, Rob, do you have any idea? It's been um four hundred and one years since the first African was bought here. It's not gonna be it's not gonna take overnight. I think that's the only thing that we want people to realize, but it's going to take some effort. Like, a realization, like, it's not going to change overnight. For, you can't change 401 years in overnight. So let's just hold that reality. What do you think? I feel, is- like, I, I feel like I have a counter to that, whereas we're not, we're not necessarily changing 400 years. We're changing 65 years. We're changing yeah. 70 years, right? I do see what he's saying. I mean, in a way, no. so... Ooh, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but no, I, hey, I'm here to learn. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say I was yeah. getting ready to kind of take up for Finch a little bit, be like I could maybe see his point, but then I'm like, no, I'm gonna go with the black guy on this. I just, I think that's a safer bet, <laughs> and it's the safer move. I'm just gonna agree with the black guy. Uh, it's, it's. Let's just say we could all hope that you know we get to a point where. I honestly, I want to see Campaign Zero get some actual real power because those guys are very smart. I I'm going to interrupt for just a second, sure, Brian. Go I got to say, these amazing points that are being made right now, this great discussion and the potential for learning is all being seriously undercut while I watch Ryan try to figure out how to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the same. It's also being undercut every time we go to him. <laughs> <laughs> So here's a here's another. Is it question. better now? It yes. We cannot. You don't sound like a robot, but yes. Fitch, go ahead. So I was wondering if maybe we could use the use that in kind of like a segue into is Blazing Saddles allowed to be funny? Was it ever? Blazing Saddles. I've never seen Blazing Saddles. Blazing oh Saddles could God. absolutely still work because it was visibly satire. It's the same. There's always going to be some young <laughs> moron. <laughs> Rob disappeared. 
there's always going to be some young, over the top, like, like the people who will hear a buzzword and decide they're offended before they listen to what you're talking about. There's always going to be some of those, but so that's what we're running into. There's some idiots running around right now talking about how Tropic Thunder, because there's a man in blackface, it's automatically racist. When the entire joke was he's in blackface and that's wrong. Well, so it's poking with fun Blazing people in Hollywood Saddles, that thought it was okay, right? Yes, exactly. And so that's the whole thing with Blazing Saddles. There's people who say, oh, Blazing Saddles could never get made now. No, yeah, it could because it was really good satire and smart people will recognize that. And there's always going to be some dumb people that don't get it. But that's not – you can't market to the lowest common denominator or then – here we go with the callback for Finch. You get Jersey fucking Shore. Like, I mean Robert Downey Jr. has said looking back on it and after having conversations, he would never do that character again if given the ch- same he's chance. He's insane. It's a but that's stupid because character. it was a very well-done bit where they talked about how wrong it was to, to happen. Like, Yeah, that's it. He wasn't just literally playing – a black guy in the movie. Like, in the context of the movie, he wasn't right. supposed to be a black guy, and he's in blackface. He is Like, if white... Marvel cast him as War Machine, it'd be a problem. But casting him as an Australian in blackface who got surgery to make it real and have him get slapped in the face for it is smart, good commentary about what's wrong in Hollywood. So it could definitely get done. The same with Blazing Saddles, where they're talking about racism. They're not just being racist. That's why you can't do shit like when people say you have to change the wording in Huck Finn and take out the N-word and put in slave. No, that's how they fucking talked. Like, if it was a celebration, that's different. If the point of it is to put black people down or to erase black people, then it's wrong. But when it's calling that into view, when it's not letting you forget that it happens, you can definitely do that. And I'm going to take another drink now because I feel like I'm getting out of the character brand once me in. No, 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 no. I mean, that was that was well fucking said. Rob's drinking to you. Rob is toasting the bottle to you. Finch is toasting to you. Um, Ryan is, is toasting to you, I think. Who knows? Um, we, we still don't know if he's here. He's using a can of 10W40 to fix his uh, lubrication. <laughs> my, my question is, when are they going to go after Anthony Hopkins for playing Othello in blackface. Google it. It's there. All right. Moving into comedy. Now, Dan, now that you're nice and drunk, we are going to finally, finally, after hey, a three Hey, but before piece, we do that, before we do <laughs> you that, motherfucker. Did you guys see that live PD he got oh, canceled? No, really, because, so, like, they bitch. Like, fit for a second. He went back. He said, let's go back to 64. I don't want to, like, make that sound like I was negating that comment. Like, that is a great start. But the thing is, is like, and, like, to his point, I don't want to sit here and teach about the history of racism, systemic racism in this country. But it's going to take longer. And if you have more people who are going to say, like, let's go back 65 years, then once we get there, then it's like, okay, now we need to go back another 50 years. So I don't want to just be like, you know, that was bullshit, and I'm going to fight you when I see you out on the street after this damn That's COVID. fine. I'll be wearing a suit of armor with the AR-15. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my analogy. And, and I didn't really mean let's take it back 65 years because, what, 65 years ago, they were – it was that was Montgomery, Alabama, 1965, was about 60 years ago. Uh, I don't want to do that. That's that's not what I meant. I, what I meant was you need to erase the feelings of people that are 65 years old. 
70 uh-huh. years old. And especially us, the 35 to 45 to 50 year old guys, guys and girls, let's be inclusive and everybody in between and on either side. Um, so we are the ones that produce the change. If we can be the change we want to see, it'll come up underneath us. Um, but most of right. our elders are pretty much set in their ways. I mean, Uncle Ruckus has his way. Uh, Dorothy has her way. Uncle all that. Ruckus, but, one uh, of the greatest characters in fucking history. The Boondocks, one of the best shows in history. Uh, goddamn. Speaking of comedy, uh, we are now oh, Aaron, Aaron going McGregor's to go to Dan West to talk about... What he has been dying to talk about. I swear, Dan, this is not a long con. We are not doing this to you. In fact, I'm not going to say... Dan, you introduce the next segment uh, right after this quick commercial break. Hey, hope you're enjoying the first half of this episode of Subjective Comedy. We have the second half coming right up. But first, I want to let you know how you can follow the show and everybody on it. Follow Subjective Comedy at SubcomedyPod on Twitter and Instagram and just search Subjective Comedy on Facebook. If you want to follow me, you just go at Brad Scott Comedy on all platforms. You can follow Mark at Illtree. You can follow Finch at Funny Guy Finch. And you can follow Drunk Dan at Dan West Comedy. And you can't follow Rob because he's off the grid and he's big, black, and scary. So don't even try. And you want to follow our producer, Brad Shoemaker, at Producer BS. And also, follow at DIY Jokers. What the hell is that? Is that just that weird hoodie Brad wears constantly now after he must have lost his bottoms up one? No, DIY Jokers is a comedy collective started by myself, Brent Hewn, and Dave Landau. What we do is we help out venues struggling with their comedy shows and we turn it around based on our 60 years of experience. If we can, we're honest enough to tell you comedy just may not work here. Or maybe you're somebody who wants to get into stand-up comedy but doesn't know what to do or how to do it. Well, welcome to the fucking club. Send us an email at DIYjokers at gmail.com and we'll get you set up with some sessions that give you a cheat code to getting into this business. Also, the music you've been hearing in this episode is courtesy of V. Sunny. She's an up-and-coming Indianapolis musician. She's an amazing singer. And you can follow her at I am V. Sunny. Check out her album Road to Lover Girl, which is out now. It is a prequel to the album Lover Girl, which will be coming out June 30th. All right. The second half of Subjective Comedy starts right now. Shout out to V Sunny. Follow her on social media at I am V Sunny and check out her album Lover Girl. It's out June 30th. And Road to Lover Girl, the prequel album, available now on all platforms. Before we get to what you want to talk about, I am just kidding. Dan, introduce our next segment. Tell us what it's about and start off by giving us your thoughts on the subject. All right. So when we were first starting to do this podcast, Brad wanted us to check out Seinfeld's new Netflix special, 23 Hours to Kill, because it's been the talk of the town. A lot of people have some very strong opinions. Uh, so we watched it and at about 30 minutes in, I shot a message to the group and said, how much of this do I have to watch? And Brad responded 15 minutes later, 
and said, as much as you want, so I turned it off. <laughs> did you watch that 15 minutes while you were waiting for me to respond? I did. I did. I do what I'm told, and you hadn't told me I could quit yet. <laughs> like, And just the whole time I was watching it, I was remembering that he was not the first, but one of the first huge names to talk about how he doesn't like doing colleges anymore because they get offended too easily. And watching that special, he's full of shit. Like, he do, he's never said anything offensive on stage in his life. He said plenty of offensive stuff off stage. He's done, like, when he made some weird transphobic comments during Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. But as far as who he is on stage, like, I, I made this comment. I'm never, ever in a million years going to say that I'm a better comedian than Jerry Seinfeld. I will never say that. That would be a stupid thing to say. What I will say is my material is harder than Jerry Seinfeld's material. Harder as like, in more difficult or harder as in, like, argh, harder? Uh, I mean, I feel like the the screamy heart is more delivery, but I I talk about my life. I talk about when I was in the army. I'll talk about uh, a failed marriage. I'll talk about like oh, you know, difficult actually, stuff. Actually, then hold on because I I I, I want to come right back to that, but I want to get Rob, yeah. Mark, and Ryan's uh, thoughts on. So, uh, Mark, you haven't gotten to watch it. Yeah, no. Uh, Ryan, did you get a chance to watch Seinfeld's documentary? Or, uh, started his new Netflix special, 23 Hours to Kill? Not his best work. Um, yeah, not his best work. He, um, I think he's getting to be the old guy on stage. He's 60-something years old. He looks great. He'll probably be doing stand-up and selling out places when he's 80-something years old. This is one thing I'll say about Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not the biggest fan of his comedy, uh, to Dan's point. His stuff isn't complex. It doesn't really challenge the audience. But I swear to God, I will watch Jerry Seinfeld just for the science of writing a joke. The science of writing a joke is just like he he's just he's just tuned in the setup and everything, the delivery. But no, it's not the most complex thing you're going to see. I mean, you, give me it's I can name a ton of comics that I would pay money to go see before Jerry Seinfeld. But definitely not his best it's not, not his best work and the funny thing is i think he was trying to be edgy in this one i think there were moments where i think he was trying to be edgy and it just fell flat i think he was doing something different it just it fell flat but like i said damn sure one of the greatest one of the greatest right joke writers in the last 30 years uh joke but he can definitely craft a bit it's just what he's crafting the bit out of bores me hold on hold on finch what were your thoughts yeah. So, a long time ago, back in like season one or two of the actual sitcom Seinfeld, I remember reading uh, in the newspaper, do you remember those things where they like printed out stuff and sent it to your house on paper so you could read it and know about the news? Anyway, it's called a newspaper, look it up. Um, so, I remember reading in the newspaper that Seinfeld was one of the lowest rating sh rated shows on television. First year, and I believe. Yeah, so like, like I said, garbage, season the first season. No, okay, well, so is Brad's got comedy. So I remember reading that and saying, "This is the best show on TV. Why is it so low rating?" Um, but then come to find out, I just like Jerry Seinfeld. It's not that anything is extremely difficult uh, in his in his. Uh, he doesn't talk about things that are hard to talk about. 
He talks about things that are just normal things that anybody could think up, but he the way he delivers it is what makes him special, what makes him Jerry Seinfeld, what makes him and his comedy funny is how he delivers it. Not necessarily that, what's the deal with green onions? Like anybody can think of something that's wrong with green onions, but Jerry Seinfeld can make it funny. So and we so, have... Sorry, go ahead. I loved it. I thought it was exactly uh, what I would expect from a Jerry Seinfeld special, uh, what I would expect from Jerry Seinfeld stand-up. But it wasn't me saying, this is awesome. This is the best thing I've ever seen. This was hilarious. There were a few times I laughed out loud. Uh, but overall, if you said this is a Seinfeld special, that's exactly what I expected, and that's exactly what I got. So uh, we have found, apparently, a uh, very, very sore spot for Fitch, which is he has a... (laughs) Because all I was saying was the first season of Seinfeld was trash, which it was. The seasons after that, it's one. It's in my top three. You know, Mark, it's in my top three shows of all time. And I don't think he realized that. I think he was just thinking I said it was all trash. That is where we got the very... The very, uh, with Venom attached to it, so is Brad Scott Comedy, darted right back at me. Uh, Have you ever seen season one Brad Scott Comedy? Like a, like a tear has. gas canister coming to my face of my career. Uh, Fitch launched it at me. No, here was what I thought of the special. I thought the first half was was somewhat entertaining and I enjoyed some of it. I enjoyed actually a decent amount of it. Um some of the stuff that he talked about, I liked uh, when he was like kind of the he was the bitter old rich man kind of like because that was to me where he should be talking about when he was talking about technology, when he was talking about being the old guy. I liked that. It was when he gave us that bullshit. I'm going to give you a peek into my home life. And then he did nothing but very kind of hacky premises about marriage and about being married I got bored because I've seen variations of that material so much and I expect more from him. I'm telling you for the last time is a great comedy special. He talked about things that even though they were obvious and everybody had seen, no one had thought of quite that way. You know, when you, you go, the, the fact that kids are taught to go to strangers houses to get candy and how kids will do anything for candy. That was it was groundbreaking in a way, not because it was... Empty, I have some thoughts on that different. when you're done with it. Um, but, yeah, I, when you guys were talking about kind of the wholesomeness of it, or Rob said he thought he was getting a little close to the edge, I mean, about the closest thing he said was, I would switch the uh, B on a bucket list with an F. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't say, was was I didn't, I say he was, it was his attempt to be edgy. Yeah. I didn't say he was getting close to it. It was his attempt to be edgy. Yeah, and I can see that because yeah, and I'm telling you for the last time. I mean, it's as clean cut as you. I mean, that's if you want. If you had a child, a young child, and you're not a parent like me who just doesn't care about you know fucking up your kid's mind with showing them whatever. If you actually are an attentive, caring parent, that's a special you could show them to introduce them to stand up comedy and feel comfortable that you're not going to have to have any hard discussions. Like you know, Dan said, there's not going to be challenging material that's going to really you know break any boundaries i mean that's what he's always hung his hat on too is that he's been you know uh able to do his comedy in that fashion which is such a weird thing that he flipped out about doing colleges though because nothing in his material would be off limits to a college audience but do you think dan that possibly it's one of those you know how 
you know, you know, fucking open Ryan. You know this as well. Uh, and Rob, I'm sure you remember this. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he does crazy stuff when the cameras ain't rolling. You know what I'm saying? The cameras aren't rolling. He's throwing out f bombs and racial slurs and stuff. Maybe, maybe people don't know. So we need comedians outside of cars <laughs> getting liquor. <laughs> um, oh shit! I would go on that Dan's one. YouTube <laughs> so yeah, they, they would be. Why like, don't we do that? Comedians. Why don't we do that? Cars. Comedians outside of cars <laughs> getting liquor. Uh, Dan, get your ass down to Indy. Uh, we have a project. Uh, Ryan, I'll be there tomorrow. Ryan, you, I'm sure you've seen this. Dan, I'm sure you've seen this. Rob, I'm sure you remember seeing this. Maybe when he says college crowds just are too, they get too offended. Maybe it's like when the guy goes up and does shit material and bombs at an open mic and then gets back to like the group of comics and blames the crowd. Or and you're like, really? Because they sound fucking pretty amazing for everyone else. Or while they're still up, yeah, start blaming say, yeah, the crowd. Yeah. But like my my thing is maybe he just wasn't getting laughs because college campuses don't want to see that kind of comedy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, like no, no college freshman wants to hear that. No, I kind of hate my wife. They don't know. <laughs> no, I really feel like anything from Seinfeld is very um, ge- not generic, but uh, generation based. Okay, something that maybe a fifty-year-old oh. would watch and laugh. A fifteen-year-old oh, kid's not going to get that. Yeah, I guarantee you. If you put, you know, I guarantee you, Chris Miller loved this special. He's the former manager at a, a comedy local comedy. Or club are we talking shit about people by name again? Because I, I get an A plus at this. No, 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 no. Chris is off limits. <laughs> uh, Chris has protection on this show. He's a made man. I, He's a made man. I only met Chris once, and we got along just fine. I got nothing to say about yeah, Chris. Chris. I was Miller just thinking that was a jumping off point. Comedy. But no, no, no. We don't. We don't. We said we called a locally based comedy club in Indianapolis named after a snack food, or you could just go pretzels. But uh, anyways, but Chris is the type of dude that would love that that Seinfeld special. Uh, you know the funny thing is, while I was watching this, and I was like. This is actually who Jerry Seinfeld is meant to be. He is meant to be like like when you would see the older comics, like generational, he is always going to be able to pull this crowd. He's like he is in his zone. Like everything that's been taking place for the last 25 plus years has been a build up to this. I think right now what you have is this special was I have my crowd. I'm only looking for my crowd. And that is the end of it. Now, like. Me, give me Doug Stanhope damn near any day. Um, as far as like to be pushed, to be pushed, to be offended, to laugh my ass off. Like, but like I think Jerry Seinfeld is like he is made as he is meant to be an old comic. That one guy that's like, how the hell was he still selling out three shows like five nights a week in Vegas for fifty dollars a pop? At the age of seventy-two, that's who he's meant right. to be. Right, and then and young guys are out there thing. giving away tickets to their specials and, and trying to film it and end up going. Man, to I really <laughs> cut deep with Finch wow. on the Seinfeld comment. I'm sorry, Finch. I'm sorry. You know, well, not that there's anything wrong with that. At least he called you young. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take the youth. Uh, am I still we pretending that I don't know who you're talking about? <laughs> so okay, and let's 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 inform Ryan since he doesn't probably doesn't know this. So, Ryan, I don't know if you saw on my social media. Obviously not, because apparently when I have friends on Facebook, you don't know how to check my messages uh, that I went to during the show. But um, I I tried to record a comedy special in 
February, the story of how I became a single dad. I put two months of fucking work into it, the hardest thing I've ever worked on in my entire life. Mark Biddy, while he's nodding off camera, can attest to uh, that. Um, and took which care of everything. Which isn't saying much. Laid out, like had a perfect uh, intro for it with the music, lights, everything else. Had everything perfect. And then out of the 80 tickets that were reserved, 27 showed up. Oh, no. And uh, uh, well, did, did I pay WFYI God, camera pay people $1,500 to record it? You damn right I did. <laughs> it is my most expensive document documented failure. So, uh, and apparently it is... Uh, when did it release? What's that? <laughs> When's it released? Um, well, When's right, it come out? Literally going to be start editing this week. Um... Uh, I'm still going to try to put it out because $1,500. Uh, if you want to download, each download costs $750. No, I've got the greatest idea. It just came to me. So we put it out as a Vice documentary where like the whole buildup is how this is like the pinnacle of you know Comedy. breaking through. And then just like the last five minutes is just, you know, the the face or face to camera. Oh. Yeah, no, if that's not bad enough. Does that end with him killing himself? <laughs> Maybe. No, if that's not bad enough, I don't know who this was because I wasn't, you know, necessarily really focused on on this. I was just more in I was just more in immediate depression about fifteen hundred dollars being wasted. But apparently someone from the audience who was specifically there to watch the special to see me had an incident with one of the staff members that wasn't major at all. The staff member who we all know Cassie was polite and amazing and went out of her way to try to make the person feel you know comfortable but needed him just to quiet down during the you know the people opening up this person was so offended by that that again reason they're there was to see me knowing this is being uh filmed happens to be dead square in one of the camera angles sat cross-armed and stone-faced through my entire fucking set <laughs> and stared daggers oh, at me and cassie the entire set yeah so that's just the kind of special it was uh, it was a special, it was the kind of special that needs to wear a helmet. Um, so now let's talk. I about have ideas for how you release this. We need to talk off of this. Absolutely. I will take any and every idea we can get. I thought about just releasing the entire special from her, just her vantage point. Just you hear the audio of the jokes, but all you see is her face. But um, by Brad Scott's new special. Yes. Again, that's only $750 per download. Um, and it'll be available here in a few weeks. But now, Ryan, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you consider yourself, because uh, there's always been a battle in stand-up comedy, uh, clean versus uh, what we call in our business blue comedy, which is, you know, cursing or talking about, you know, more on-the-line subject matter. Ryan, do you consider yourself a clean? Do, maybe I don't think everybody's one or the other, but are you more towards the spectrum of clean or blue? <laughs> it's so perfect because every delay terrifies us and then he just comes in with me. Um, I mean it depends who's paying me. Uh <laughs> that, you know what? Well, that's really important. Well said. Well said. Uh, okay, but so if you so if I mean I can if, if you're headline you get the headline a club, you're drawing your crowd to see you. Are you more clean or blue, you think? Mm. Um, 
Fish, I don't know. It depends. Found... You are run for your money as trying to sabotage everything that we do. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ron. I don't know. Honestly, no, no, no. Honestly, it's uh, I like doing clean. Yeah, I try to go clean because clean's more fun. I think sometimes, as you know, you can just say silly words instead of saying shit. You say poop. <laughs> you know? saying, God damn it! You say gosh darn it. Yeah, those are dumb, silly words. So that's fun. You get to do that with them. I would like to remind the audience then, that Ryan is very, very funny, despite <laughs> thinking that Gersh Darnit is good. I was gonna say I don't remember your poop joke. <laughs> one of one of my favorite comedians comes in with poop. Gosh darn it! <laughs> no, I'm just saying you get to do this, but I mean I don't know. Uh, I don't like working clean because uh, I've well, it tells me I have to work clean. I just gave you the headlining spot of the show, and you said if you could choose, you enjoy working clean because you get to say poop and gosh darn it, and then you literally followed it up with I hate working clean. It can't be both, Ryan. See, no, it can it can if I'm the headliner? It's it's world, man. I will go get me some chicken nuggets. Goddamn, I'm headliner. Rob, you're, <laughs> uh, you're, you're a, Rob, you're a clean comic who was wrongfully. This sounds bad because you're the only black comic we have on the show, but you were wrongfully accused of being blue. Uh, what are your thoughts? Wow, I thought I was the only person who felt that way because I, I never really talked about it. Like, I. Yeah, I was I was labeled a blue comic by some. Actually, Rob, we did talk about yeah, that. I believe it was last week. The first episode, but I do remember is I do remember this as well. I do remember this as well. I was you really you drunk. said the F word one time. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess so. I'm sorry. I don't remember no, no, the no, first retell, show. No, but retell it though because we have a new audience. But and again, I do remember. That's this a reflection of all of you. That is not a reflection of me. That's a reflection of all of you. I do not remember the first show. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> Dan doesn't remember yeah, this no. show. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like it was. It's funny. Now, this is the thing. So, like, I, what Ryan said is on point. Like, it depends who's on, who's paying you. You have a job to do. If you're told, don't curse and don't freaking curse. But I used to love. I like. I'm probably. I'm dating myself. I used to love third show Saturday night. Back when it was. Back when you could do a third show Saturday night. It was just pretty much given by no matter what the owner said or the manager. Third show Saturday night, go the fuck out. Balls out. It's 11 o'clock at night. People know what they're here for. They've been drinking for five hours. <laughs> like, I miss those shows. That like, is I don't something like... very special about that third fucking show Saturday. You start to even you start to even kind of get a little discombobulated as to what exactly, you know, mature you may have done in your set already. Oh my God, that was so much fun. But that felt like you were free. It felt like you could say, and I think that's the thing, like to to do. So one of the reasons why I stopped doing comedy, um, I was with, I was performing with Dwight Slate and I was sitting in the lobby getting ready to go to the show. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, I hate my fucking set. I hate my set. I hated it. And the only fun I had was if we had third show Saturday night, not necessarily because I could curse, not necessarily because I wanted to talk 
about certain things. It's just because you had the freedom to say whatever came into your mind in the moment. You could really just bond and join with the audience. And I think when it comes to clean and blue comedy, blue comedy is when you really have your base and the crowd wants to go somewhere and there are no restrictions. It's just no restrictions. Um, yeah, Finch, I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to stop you. I was just saying I want to be next when you're done. Okay. Anyway, um, we don't we don't have a third show. We have a second show when I'm at uh, Red Curb Comedy, um, and it's obviously it's not a set. It's doing improv, uh, a little bit different than stand up. But uh, I enjoy the ten o'clock. Well, it's ten o'clock is where we do the R-rated and or NC seventeen rated shows, and the seven thirty shows. The earlier ones are all ages. And, and market is as such uh, friendly to all persons that uh, don't want to hear that's what all ages and... would be, Fitch. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not done, Brad. Is Thank it, you. Is it harder to do the 730 show than the 10 show? Is it harder to do the clean so, show? And that's, that's actually exactly where I was going with that, because, Mark, you're reading my mind. Um, and he just did it much more Sometimes, efficient. yeah, sometimes it's better uh, to be able to just drop out dick jokes and everything else it, it seems more freeing sometimes but i like the restriction of the 730 that's all ages and generally we don't say any curse words every once in a while somebody accidentally says damn it or shit but it's it's not common but i feel like that is more challenging during the early ones with the all ages friendly and it's more challenging and so i feel better when i'm successful at it it's real easy to make a dick joke right but it's a little harder to make a joke about okay. Santa Claus that doesn't involve him not existing. So, okay, I uh, I am now raising my hand to go next, Vince. Um, I would like to say I have I have I have very like specific thoughts on that concept because that has been a concept for years that blue comedy is lazy comedy that it is uh, you know that clean comedy is so much harder and high. let's put it this way. They're both fucking hard. Right. It's comedy. It's not easy to make strangers laugh. I think it That's depends. what she said. Finch proves this week in and week out. It is not easy to make strangers laugh. But I think it depends on the personality. So I think if it fits you, because like I curse a lot in my everyday life. So when I curse on stage... Curse words are never my punchline. And it and it doesn't sound forced. It doesn't sound forced, exactly. It is part of how I naturally speak. Uh, and almost, I think, at times when I do a fully clean set and I'm mindful of it, sounds almost a little off. And just like it would not sound natural for, you know, Brent Terhune to go up and say fuck 50 times. It would sound, you know, because, well, he, he actually does curse a little more in real life, but he's he's he comes across as much more of a, a clean comic. I don't think either is necessarily more or less challenging than the other. They're both fucking hard. It's just, it's whatever fits your personality naturally, I think is the better fit. As long as you're literally think, not using fuck or, you know, right. uh, that as the punchline, I don't see why it's not. I have jokes that have the word fuck in it, and they're, they go over much better no matter what crowd it is. If I say fuck in that situation, rather than saying, you know, forget it or something like that. And it's because it comes out more naturally of me saying fuck. It sounds more natural. So therefore, I sell the joke better. I think a very wise old comic used to say, if you are genuine, you are more funny. Yeah. 
I've always felt that way that if you were like when you would be in open mic and you see a comic that is cursing, but to your point, a comic who uses profanity as the punchline, it's like that's that's just the easy way out. So like you know, like everybody, all you guys have seen it. Like we're gonna tiptoe into, we're gonna put our toe in the race a little bit, a little. There's always that white comic who wants to use the N word. There's always that white comic. Robert. I'm not seeing anybody on this. On this call. <laughs> there's hey, look, there's I, one I, I comic who you. I have ever. Uh huh. I got to. There was a really funny skit that I saw one time, and it was a, a black man, white guy, <laughs> and then they were supposed to be having a conversation, and he called up his black friend to say the n-word for him uh, for this Aww. conversation it was hilarious uh, that's that's funny Rob, that's the only person i've ever seen that used it that said the n-word and used it brilliantly is it's doug Stanhope. he is the only person i've ever and the thing was it wasn't because it was the punchline it was to set the context for the joke and then the punchline just delivered uh, but like, there's always just that comic in an open mic that thinks that they're going to use that word. But anytime you're trying to use anything that's profane or sensitive as the punchline, it's never going to work. If you're trying to use it to set context, and you're that smart to do it and can set and can set it, then you're good. So, yeah, Rob, this is a good thing. Like, I let me get your opinion on this uh, because those who have followed the Brad Scott Podomatic Cinematic or Stand Up Universe are where I have a joke. Uh, that I've actually, it's been getting phased out. Actually, I may have had the bare roots of it back uh, when you were still around about uh, white men can't jump, you know, black people can't swim, Asians can't drive, Mexicans can't live alone. <laughs> that joke has now evolved into where I actually do try to make a a social point out of it, which is I say that, you know, I get, I get annoyed when people get offended for other people. I think it's annoying and I think it's insulting to the people that they're trying to be offended for. And I I use the example from, uh, you remember March Madness a few years ago where uh, the black player from Kentucky called, I think it was uh, Frank Kaminsky, the N-word, just he could ball. And people started calling the black kid from Kentucky racist because he said the N-word about Frank Kaminsky. And I talk about how, God, oh, okay, no, the screen just moved, but I thought Rob deserved me again. Um, no. <laughs> um, but I say that, you know, uh, but, you know, white people called uh, the black kid a racist, and that's not how that works. What I've noticed is I create tension in the joke on purpose, and it's because the crowd, the, the usually mostly white crowd, hears me say the phrase inward. I never say it. I never get close to saying it. I never... The great, most racist thing I say is the movie stuff about black people can't swim, Asian can't drive, and all right. that shit. Is I've never asked this before, and I I probably should. <laughs> is me just saying the phrase inward acceptable? Never saying it, but again, telling about a news story, and then, uh, yeah, using it in that context. Well, I can guarantee you can't say. To uh, this is the, who I wanted man. to go for. This is my authority on this subject. Who I wanted to get by. Uh... I'm just saying. He, he, if we you needed... went up to Rob and didn't know Rob or any other black man, and you said you're such an N word, you're guaranteed to get your ass beat just as if you'd said the actual N word. 
Well, no, but that's Tell not me the I'm context wrong, Rob, of what please. I'm talking about, Finn. Right. I'm not that's going what you out. just said. No, that's no. not. You missed half the conversation when you dropped out. He I, said in I the context of the setup stage. of his joke. <laughs> I'm not just going up to people in the parking lot and being like, I want to tell you about this incident that happened in the final four years ago. <laughs> no, I talk about well, it. Well, that's incident. what I'm saying. If you're using it in the context of describing something, like, hey, that guy was over there and he called me the N-word. That's can't, I mean, that's part of the setup. You're not Doug Stanhope, but it's it's got to be allowed, right? I do love, again, just Finch's, Finch's ambitiousness to not hear half this conversation. <laughs> just jump in. I was ambitious to hear it. On it. So, Finch, do me a favor. Hold on. Maybe, maybe, and, and that, right now especially, in these times, maybe we should step aside and let the black man speak on this subject. No, keep going. Well, in, I'm loving it. In that vein, <laughs> you're saying we should let him speak. We... We've, he, he has equal rights to speak. <laughs> this has been your best show, Finch. I can't believe it. This has been your best show by far. It's driven me the most insane and the most mad, but it's the best content you had out of the three episodes. Look at Rob. Oh, I'm with him. I'm with him. Dan, do you stand with Rob and I? Obviously. What a silly question. <laughs> okay. I'm on my knee right now. I'm on one now knee. Now I guess I should go to my next authority. Mark, what do you think? I, I yield my time to Rob. Dan, do you have a grandfather that you can call? Wait! Oh! I learned something about Dan that I have not known. I think the entire time I've known you. Dan has halfway of a right to speak on this. Dan, you're half black. Yeah, I made sure not to bring this up. Previously, because Zane it felt Zadie like, sold you out down the river. Yeah, I uh, I am I'm mixed. I'm super white passing, but I am Very I am mixed. So I usually try to use the platform that I have to boost the voices of people of color who aren't nearly as passing as me. Uh, but I will also definitely get in somebody's face if I have to, because I mean. Unfortunately, the movement requires people who look like me to succeed. Oh my God! You're like, yeah, you're kind of like a guy who you kind of have like superpowers. He's, he's like, like you, a Russian spy. Yeah, like <laughs> he can keep it real and use privilege in the same, you know, in this with a single bound. So to uh, to Excuse answer me, this, give me one moment. I need to look at Dan in the face right now. Hold my drink up and go, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying half of that, Dan. I didn't even say the whole one. Dan is faster than a speeding bullet and able to get in a cop's face when he gets to that bullet. Oh, yes, I am. so white that Rob can't even use the whole word. I'm always called a protester, never a rioter. Um, And I never fit the description. So I will always use my uh my privilege to, oh my to most people of color who need the help i tell you what we're we're becoming a pretty diverse podcast yeah we got <laughs> we got finch you the, thought you had one black guy with the, everywhere finch the only the only caucasian left yeah i didn't need vic <laughs> last week we didn't need Vic. You got you got Finch, the only Caucasian. I'm Native American. You're like Armenian or something. And then we got Robin Dan. <laughs> or according to Rob, right. back in the day, I'm blacker than him. We had we had we brought exactly. tried to, we tried to bring in a friend for 
for Finch, but Shipley didn't quite work out. I think, he's just, I think he gave up at some point. Uh, he's trying to rejoin, but it's just not working. Oh, man. We will have Ryan. By the way, we will have Ryan Shipley on again because he is really, really funny. And he honestly. Oh, yeah, he's great. When we put this video out, you're going to see how funny he is because. It, <laughs> it, I mean, in true Ryan Shipley fashion, in an audio medium, he really brought the visuals. I mean, he was fucking, he was making all of us laugh so hard. He was doing fake freezes. He was disrupting the show. He was, he was chaos. He was basically he chaos. He held up several episode. signs. Yeah, several signs. Uh, not gang signs, so we don't have to worry about that. Although two, one and a half. Hey! Welcome back. So, Ryan, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on me being able to use the phrase N-word? Since you heard as much of the conversation as Finch, you are just as much of an authority as Finch demanded to be wait, 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 and wait, pushed wait, wait, wait. Rob aside. He pushed Rob Rob was coming up to speak into the microphone, and Finch just kicked him off the podium. Honestly, not unlike some of the Black Lives Matter speakers uh, from last Saturday, where out of the five that spoke, 80% were Caucasian, and one was talking about his father dying of cancer and how we need medical marijuana. And I thought, I said, I think you're at the wrong protest. But Randy Wood also saying 80%, four out of five. Okay. <laughs> I just want to let all three of you know between Chipley's robot voice, between Finch's bad joke, I'm sure it was. And Rob tried to get in there. No one understood what any of that just was. So I know. I heard Kanye West, which oh. Kanye West is the greatest long con in the history of long cons. What happened with him? So that whole MAGA thing apparently was just a giant work on Donald Trump to get someone released from jail. And he donated like $2 million to the Chicago Bail Project. Has been protesting on the front lines with them. Please don't take offense to this. Rob, is that true? <laughs> Do we want to talk about Kanye West? I could put my Kanye West shirt on that I had on last week. No, you know what? No, no. That's right. next episode. Next episode is we're starting with Kanye and... We'll talk Kanye next week, yeah. Yeah, what? Well, it's all Kanye next week, except for his music because we won't be able to play it. His Spotify will kick us off if we do. Um, so, Rob, can we finally get your answer on, on my using the phrase N-word? What was the question? I use the phrase inward when I'm saying I'm saying a black you know a black say a black player from Kentucky called a white player from Wisconsin the inward and people called the black kid racist. Uh, I'm trying to even remember the joke. I would That's not how that works. That's not how that works. That's in basketball. I grew up playing basketball. Yeah, basketball that's respect. I grew up playing basketball. If a black guy calls you the inward, that's not racism. It's respect. It means you earned your place on the court. But if you call yeah, a black guy the N word, oh, bitch, God damn it! <laughs> black Rob matters. I'm just saying it's not respect at that. that, point. that you know it's not respect, bitch. Your whole treatment Listen. of me trying to ask this one question of Rob. I'm asking Rob a fucking question. Okay, we can't end certain words with er, oh, but we can no, say brother. No. Don't get into that discussion, Finch. But not Swim brother. away from those waters. I have a feeling you're going to get cancel culture here in a second. <laughs> you know what? Yep. Mark, you have the ability to mute, Finch. <laughs> That's what we need. We need like the around the horn. Okay, Finch is giving us his mute side. 
Rob, I think the coast is he, clear. He's giving us his 23andMe profile. <laughs> is it all Europe? That is very European. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole lot that of white. That's all of Europe. That's not part of Europe. That's all That's of just, Europe. Yeah, it just says Europe. 97.4 no, Northern no, European. The percentage just says 100% mayonnaise. <laughs> It's just Hellman's. Oh, I'm sorry. Mayonnaise is very spicy, Brad. You need to tone that down. Two percent fish and chips. <laughs> okay. The video has to go out for this because this is just the most fun. Uh, <laughs> like the most fun. Oh uh, wow, that's just Europe. <laughs> that really is just. He can claim everybody. I mean, and like you think, like oh, what are those. Little, little, you know, countries. Oh, no, that's still more oh Europe. God. Just, just Europe and water. Oh okay, Rob, for the love of God, you heard the See, story. I did one of You've been glowing this whole episode because <laughs> you have ju- you've like the dumpster fire set on Meridian Street two weeks ago downtown Indianapolis. Finch has just been, oh my God. been flames engulfing everything around in this show. Rob, except I'm not made of high density polyethylene like those dumpsters were. <laughs> yep. Look at this point. Don't even want to hear Rob's opinion on this. Yeah, you know what? Rob, yeah. I'm just gonna say you, you say you give me a pass. Um, okay. Yes, we're good. We're good. Okay, so thanks, Rob. Comedy coming I'm back. I'm in tears right now. This is so funny. This is so funny. Oh my god, tears. we still have a whole other topic. I yeah, forgot comedy about. Comedy coming back, just not to this show. Comedy's coming back, not to subjective comedy. It's coming back to the mainstream. You know what? Fuck it. We're gonna table that. The that's next week. Next, next week, Kanye West and Kanye, comedy coming back. You will, we'll, you know, that, that's how we'll start. Because I feel like Kanye's gonna end up maybe even being another two-parter. Okay. You know what? The best. How long have we been going? Uh, through? one hour and twelve minutes. Okay. I want. We're, I want to do. I'm gonna give you guys the choice. Silent vote, Finch. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I don't want an explanation. I don't want to hear the the history of it. And I don't want a goddamn 23 and me on the question. Well, I was up. just going to tell you why thumbs up and thumbs down. Oh, what's the history of that one? It's either going to be... So thumbs up for best era of TV sitcoms, WWE, and cartoons. Or thumbs down for five celebrities that would help you survive slash escape a desert island. Thumbs up or thumbs down right now. We have a raised hand. I don't care. No, yeah. <laughs> Fitch is raising his fucking hand because he was. Uh, so you know, what, Fitch, you're 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 voting for this. We're all going best uh, best era. So let's start with uh, let's go around the room and just so we can get it out of the way, Fitch, what was the best era of TV sitcoms? <sighs> Not the history. I don't want to hear every goddamn era of TV sitcoms. I just want to hear what you think was the best. I feel like most people would answer. The We're not era talking that about most people, bitch. We are talking about you. Me personally, I like the TGIF era with Full House, Family Matters, uh, and such the like. That's. 
the most concise. That's the most efficient answer he's ever given. But I was actually expecting more. I agree with him. But Dan, what about you? It's not working. Uh, I think that uh, I had to make sure my mic was on. Sorry, I've been drinking. Um, I I think my shit was working great, and now it's cutting in and out. It's actually working better (laughs) now than it was. Now it's awesome. That's the best it's been working. You know what? what, what, While we can take advantage, Ryan, what was the best? What was your favorite era of TV sitcoms, such as TGIF, where you could go like you know '70s Sanford and Son and then Three's Company, all those lineups? What was yours? 90s? 90s. So, yeah, like the TGIF era as well. Dan? Uh, I think late, like early 2010s, like Parks and Rec era was Ooh, probably that best. Was good, that was, it, NBC's Thursday Night lineup was a murderer's row. Yes. All right, quick. We're, we're going to get everybody's now, and then we'll go back through. Rob, what about you? Um, 70, 75, they just pushed it. They, they pushed subject matter. He is stay political. I'm sure Finch has plenty of thoughts about that. Mark? Uh, whenever Boy Meets World was on. So early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Boy Meets early World was great. Yeah. And I would agree, like that TGIF. Shows such as. What kind of Yeah, what kind 90s. Of so, like, Boy Meets World, uh, Family Matters, Full House, like the same the same type of area. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Classic. By the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Sister, Sister. By the way, I do want to point out, I do want to point out the answers were all ABC, ABC TGIF, ABC TGIF, ABC TGIF. Uh, Dan even came; he, he let the the white side out for that. Rob stayed strong on seventy to seventy five because they pushed the boundaries. So let's start with Rob. He's the outlier between the, the five of us, uh, what shows are you referring to and what uh, what was some of the, the more memorable subject matter that stood out in your mind uh, watching it? Wild thing is I was actually with you guys up until I gave my answer and I went to the 70s. It's like um, All in the Family, Good Times, just Sanford and Son. Like they were just talking about things that you were not supposed to talk about the well, we were talking about blue comedy and clean comedy. To be able to take something that's controversial and make that shit funny is genius. It was just genius work back then, and like that's just that's the era that stands out. They, I mean, there's some there are topics that they were doing in the early '70s that you could not put on television right now. Imagine putting some, imagine putting some of that stuff on television right now today. Like, say it was planned for an episode to air about the Ku Klux Klan burning a cross on somebody's front. It was supposed to air right now. Every major network would be saying, we're not airing that shit this week. It's not not going to air. Exactly. And Netflix might even actually bitch out. I mean... You know who wouldn't HBO? uh, The, the, you know, TGIF and, like, Fresh Prince, um, Family Matters, um, Rock... uh, Oh yeah! All those had that same social commentary well, type aspect to them, and like they did whole episodes, you know, that the the normal like, you know, grandma who calls it Urkel doesn't want to talk about, but then they do a whole episode where Eddie gets pulled over by the police because he's in Brighton or whatever, and uh, gets pulled out of the car and forced to lay on the floor, and he's literally Carl's son. And he's like, hey, 
why'd you pull my kid out of the car? And he goes, well, if he'd have told us that he was a cop's kid, we'd let him go. And, you know, he gets in their face or whatever. So, you guys, same does, type of deal. Does anyone remember in the, like, mid-90s, early mid-90s, Fox, on Sunday night, used to have a lineup where after The Simpsons... No, The Simpsons were back on Thursdays back then. Yeah. So, Fox's Sunday night lineup used to be... It was my favorite show for years, and I had a VHS that I wore out of episodes I taped, and I can't find it anywhere. Not on DVD, nothing. It was called South Central. It had Lorenz Tate. Uh, it had... I can't think of his name right now, but he was on Moesha. He played uh, the friend on Moesha, the bald dude. Right, uh, he's been in a bunch of other stuff. But it was like... It was almost like a... Sitcom. Jennifer Lopez was in it. Yes, Jennifer Lopez was in it. She played... Uh, she worked at the store at the uh, bodega. Uh, and... It was almost like if you took Menace to Society and made it a sitcom that could be aired on network television at the time. I mean, the first episode dealt with Lorenzo Tate's older brother in the show uh, being killed by a drive-by. But it was also, it was the type, but they were going for the type of sitcom. It had a laugh track. Not obviously during right. certain moments, but like it had, you know, a laugh track through it. And I mean, it was such a fucking good show. And then it was rock right after that. And it was just very, very powerful television. I, that, that actually might be my favorite era right there. Because I used to watch that lineup religiously. And then New York Undercover, of course. Uh, Malik Yoba, uh, the Mexican dude. Uh, and you know, Jennifer Lopez may have popped in an episode or two there. I know Ice-T played it insane. I want to pause real quick. I want to pause real quick. Let's give respect to the show Rock. Because after like the first season... The acting was so good that they did the episodes live. Yes. Yeah. Like it was because they all came from, they all had theater backgrounds. And when somebody would forget a line, you could see everybody else stepping up to hold that person. Like I used to just watch it, watch the acting because it was, they did the show live for months. It was incredible. And big ups to Charles S. Dutton, especially uh, one of the most classic lines from Minister Society The Hunter's on. And you. All right, Dan, go ahead. You've been going to get it. So I, I think that I answered the question wrong. Um, Parks and Rec is probably my favorite sitcom of all time, just because it's delightful. But as far as era goes, I think I also have to throw to the '90s because specifically, you've got things. There were some great stuff. There was some trash, like Friends. But you, one of my favorite things on television is when. You have people who are in marginalized or partially marginalized communities who are on television just getting to be themselves, where their existence is not a cause. So Living Single Ooh. and Martin and Moesha got brought up earlier, where they're just yeah. – they're allowed to exist as who they are. And there are stories about race on those shows, but it's not the entire purpose of the show. That is great writing to me. Because like everybody got... hates Chris. Exactly. Everybody yeah, hates Chris was phenomenal. Because Love Terry these, Crews. These are people who are black, but it's not written as being black is everything that they are. It is part of their experience, and they will deal with that on the show. Like, Hang With Mr. Cooper was the same way. And it it's addressed, but it's not the entire experience. Like, because... Black people, like Fresh Prince, parents just don't understand, was an example of something that people deal with. It was hip-hop, but it's not just about 
your your NWA, your Boys in the Hood movie, stuff like that. Black people are people, and they're going to deal with the everyday shit that everybody else deals with. But so often in pop culture, it's expected that we just have to get to the cause. And I really appreciated in the 90s there were black sitcoms where it's just black people existing. I, I loved that. And that's not something that you dealt with as much before. And there's more of it now, but it was not as mainstream. And I think it's good to point out that uh, if we go numerically, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Rob, I want to say it's somewhere between 15 and 13 percent of the U.S. is uh, black or considers himself uh, black. By doing what the people in the 90s did, and lightly in the late 70s with All in a Family, uh, Archie Bunker and them, they showed white people that are... I want to say 65 to 70% of the population of the country, that black people are just people the same way that we are. and We deal with the same everyday shit, as Dan put it. I say we, I'm sorry. Black people deal. <laughs> Rob, now he's, now, he's, now he's taking over the I'm movement. He is, going to, he is going to be the first one out there marching. He is going to be leading it. It is good. It is good. Ah. Finch! Now, Brad, shut the fuck up. Finch needs to come through the three and me. Finch I am is, definitely not. Finch is our invitation to the cookout. He's coming <laughs> to the cookout this summer. Um, uh, but you know what? What, what, what Dan just said, said a little while ago? I've been invited to the cookout last summer when I was in. Uh, I was doing a thing not with work with a group of guys uh, that don't work with me, and they said the same thing. It was like you coming to the cookout, but coming to the cookout, but. What, what Dan said a little while ago was actually my answer. Like I said, right before you asked me, I was all into the 90s, and it was because like, there was this visual of how black people were portrayed. But I just, like, right before then, it was like, you cannot, like, just, I just, like, Archie Bunker and being able to see. And so, like, we look at sitcoms and, like, to, like what Dan just said and, and what Finch just said. When you look at 90s sitcoms, and you're able to see black people in a certain way. The 70s not only presented black people in a certain way, but it also lets you see how, if you think about Archie Bunker, probably the most complex character in television history, the fact that you had this guy who was probably like, like out front a racist, but then there are things that he just morally cannot accept. The complexity of being a white person who's like, yeah, I'm gonna say this shit and I'm gonna say that shit, what you actually want to burn across? What I don't want my grandchild to see this. He it's like he understands that I grew up a different way, but the world is changing. My grandchild is going to see a different world. And even though I'm comfortable in this space, I know my grandchild will never be comfortable in this world that I'm comfortable in. There was just a complexity that was there. So I think for the seven was just like just this emerging that we all need to talk. But in the nineties, it was really like, hey, we're here. Like hip hop was abrasive. We're in your face, you know. So it was just like so. Nineties just had something for everybody. Seventies was just really like you really need to just do like a big character study on everybody. And I can relate to Archie Bunker not in the racist part, but in the fact that pause for laughter. Okay, so I didn't grow up. Truest thing you said. I'm sorry, Rob. I stepped on you. What'd you say? 
I said he almost made me spit bourbon. I had I just <laughs> took the last. Don't lose the good shit. So, like, I I grew up in a not very diverse area, so I didn't learn about things that are happening in black culture until probably middle school or even the beginning of high school. And so I can relate with the fact that uh, exactly what you said, Rob, maybe my parents learned it that way. But that's not how I'm going to raise my kids. But my father was a very good Example of that as well, where he would tell his children, me and my sisters, I grew up this way, but it's not right. He would say, yes, my father used to say this and that, but it's not right. And he would tell us that. And so I do the same thing with my kids when my teenager says, well, pop is racist. Well, no, pop's not racist. That's how he was raised. And he doesn't believe that that is okay. Um, uh, We'll go with interracial marriage. My father thinks it's not okay. But it's not to say that it's wrong for everybody else. He just wouldn't do it himself. But I don't feel that way. I tell my children, look, he's a good person. He wouldn't do it that way, but he told his children that it's okay to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, Am I hitting the point? And yeah, I feel like I'm making sense right. an yeah. here. And uh, yeah, that was well said. I agree. Uh, I tell my son all the time, you know, hey, certain people that are older, you just have to ignore if it is out of hatred. But also there's a, there is a thing where like, you know, it, it takes learning. And if somebody's willing to learn, you have to be willing to teach them and not just attack them. Because certain people like, so I grew up knowing what a gay what a gay slur was before I knew what the, what actually the concept of gay was. It's what I called my friend when we were playing Madden. But I had to learn and teach myself to get that out of my vocabulary, even though it had been a fixture, you know, for most of my life. And I told my son, if somebody, you know, there's a difference between somebody slipping based on years of something being systematically put into their head and brain. But trying to break that and the difference between somebody saying it with hateful, malicious intent and you have to be able to recognize the difference because if you attack people who slip up, who are trying to better themselves and are trying to, all you're going to do is push them further away and they're going to push back harder on even wanting to change. I just wanted to, just in case the, the viewers weren't aware, viewers, the listeners weren't aware. No, there'll be viewers for this make... one, Finch. We have to okay, great. the video. <laughs> they make beer in twist-up aluminum cans, so it, you didn't hear just a ch from Dan, and it was that, and that was the aluminum can. Just to, just to clarify. Very, very important distinction to make, Finch. We really, you're, you're bringing it. You're bringing it. Okay. Um, what? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna skip fucking best era WWF. We're gonna skip best era cartoons for now. Um, we're gonna go right to our Mount Rushmore. Because uh, we've got we've got to end this 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 has been it's been a beautiful train wreck but a train wreck nonetheless so we're gonna get to our Mount Rushmore special edition with a special guest our six faces on the Mount Rushmore usually there's five it's the top five uh, for Mount Rushmore so we're gonna go our top six everybody gets to contribute a fictional sports team from a movie so we will hey Brad start... do we get do we get Ryan to draw the face since he can't say anything. <laughs> uh. No, hold on. I just heard something from no artist. Ryan, what is your <laughs> contribution to the Mount Rushmore, your all-time uh, movie uh, fictional sports team? All right. 
You guys. God damn it! Have you learned nothing from? Does anybody hear me? Oh, he's blowing my ears out. <laughs> right, we can hear too much of you. Write it down. Um, too loud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Write it down. That okay, Finch, go ahead because that'll give Ryan your answer will give Ryan plenty okay. of time to write it down as I'm sure Finch is gonna go through the history of sports first, followed by the history of film and cinema dating back to the pre talkies. Sandlot, okay, the group from the Sandlot. That's a good choice. That's a really strong choice. Uh who write down whose face would you choose to be the Mount Rushmore representative? Would you go Benny. Fat Ginger, Benny? Would you go... Uh, His name's not Fat Ginger. His name was Ham. Yeah, it was Ham. Squints. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. You, was... you, could put a, you could put the rapist on there. Squints. Oh. I uh, thought Dan he has moral objections to the Sandlot. No, 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 no. Just Squints, specifically, that we're supposed to love that he forced that girl to kiss him. Yeah, but they ended up getting he married. He pretended so to be dying. Start of a sweet story. Did. Don't you remember when he he got Wendy Pfefferkorn to save him out of the deep end and he kissed her when she was doing CPR? Yes, you remember. He remembers. You remember, you remember. Yeah, he, he grabbed her about. head and forced her in. <laughs> That's literally what he's talking about. That's what I just said. Bitch, what movie or what team? I'm going to have to go with uh, The Longest Yard, Adam Sandler oh, okay. and his boys. Better Ooh. choice than the... Have you guys seen the original Burt Reynolds Longest Yard? That's why I, I said not. Adam Sandler. Yeah. That movie starts with Burt Reynolds slapping a woman. <laughs> and he's the hero of yeah. the movie. As he yeah. starts his day every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Fitch, you're going to Adam Sandler's Longest Yard. And who is going to be the face representing your Mount Rushmore? Uh, I don't remember the name of the actor. Uh, he played a really stupid guy, but he was extremely intelligent. The really big, big black dude that was in the movie. Does anybody remember the name of the actor? I'll you look would... it up if I got oh, IMDb. Fitch would, Fitch would have gone out of Sailor normally, but now that he's yeah. the leader of Black Lives Matter, the black movement, he has to represent <laughs> his brothers and make sure their face. Are you talking about the, the guy who played the sinner? Like, yes. Oh, I don't know his name. Oh, I thought he was yeah, can you teach uh, me to football? Uh, uh, the Great Khali, Joey Diaz, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, we, we had no, Nelly no, in no, there. Nelly. All right. I'll IMDB it next. Okay. So, uh, wait, what we got? Fly? Yeah. That's that's my team. Yeah, yeah, Ryan, you get one. You get one stone. <laughs> you only get one stone, buddy. I'm sorry. We only have the budget for everybody to get one 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 part of the mountain. You've already and just like the real Mount Rushmore, it'll be unfinished. Yes. Um, so mine would be the D2 Mighty Ducks. Ooh, so when they join up with the... Uh, the all-stars from around the country. Ooh. Yeah, the, the as diverse yeah. as all-stars. <laughs> right. Oh, you'd better put fucking Keenan on there. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we get one black guy and he's going on there. Yeah, <laughs> knuckle puck. Knuckle, I said knuckle, knuckle puck. Um... All right, uh, Rob. The Pittsburgh Pisces from the fish to say Pittsburgh, and it's not even up for debate. <laughs> I feel like that's something none of us understand, and half of Dan understands. <laughs> that was a race joke. <laughs> bitch, what a shit! And the laughter of 
amongst everyone is when it sells the joke to the audience. <laughs> okay. Uh, could you explain, Rob? No, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> just right. just like his social media. Uh, yep, just like, yep. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. This, this right, the greatest fourth movie ever. You get the explanation. I, I, you I, get the explanation I, off his Twitter page. No, we get the explanation <laughs> from Finch 30 seconds later yes. while Brad's trying to move yes, on to the next person. Yes, the exact same joke that Mark made, only actually deep go- Mark went with the simple, just like his social media. Finch decided to go with the actual social media. <sighs> Okay, hey Brad. Let's move on. We need we need dance. We need. I'm dance. sorry, Fitch. Am I holding you up? I don't. Yes. I don't get a face on the Mount Rushmore. I don't get a face. I didn't think you'd maybe. I, I thought maybe they wouldn't want to put a face up there because they want to be identified. <laughs> <laughs> Been very secretive about this whole thing. But yes, whose face is going up? Stalker Channing. <laughs> Again, half a Dan gets that. Finch, Finch, Finch pretending he gets that because now he's with the movement. He has to fit in. Ryan doesn't, hear a, up there. Ryan doesn't hear a thing, and Mark and I have no clue. So he'll uh, explain it to us in about 20 seconds. Uh, Dan, who's your team? Yeah, Dan, who's your uh, it's, team? It's a real struggle for me because I have to pick a movie. Because if I was going to pick TV, I would pick specifically Prince playing ping pong from the show The New Girl. But... If we have to pick a movie, then I have to go with the Toon Squad from Space Jam. In, in, including uh, Bill Murray? Is that who's going on the... Yeah, he was on the roster. Maybe not the starting lineup, but he was there. Also, I think that's an illegal substitution. Because I don't think he was on the original roster. And It I... was an exhibition game, not a tournament or sanctioned officially. Uh, it was for the fate of the universe and Michael Jordan. They should have had official rosters. But they didn't. The shit was made up in front of a flag with a patent simulation. Oh, who's the um, the twin comedians? They're actors, but they're also comedians. Oh, uh, Squire Oh, yeah. No, not those no, no, guys. The, not them. Uh, uh, fuck. They are so funny. So um, they have a whole The Wayans brothers? No. They have a bit about how they got uh, Charles Barkley to how Michael Jordan got Charles Barkley to be it's in the Space Lucas Jam. brothers. Yeah, it's the Lucas, the Lucas brothers. brothers. And uh, it was just like Michael Jordan calls him up and he's like, uh, hey, Charles, I got a movie. We're going to be playing basketball. Your team's going to be like Patrick Ewing and all these guys. And he's like, well, who's on your team? And he goes, uh, well, I got Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. And then Shaq beeps in and he's like, hey, I got a, a movie idea for you, Charles. Two words, rapping genie. And then he just clicks back over. He's like, yeah, I'm in, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that the entire plot of Space Jam is that Michael Jordan is better than five other all-stars combined. It's well, fantastic. with Bill Murray, obviously. <laughs> Wayne Knight, he yeah. scored a basket. And not only that, but those five all-stars put into monster form. <laughs> and if you watch The Last Dance, you know that, uh, or maybe it wasn't on The Last Dance. Maybe I just heard it around on ESPN. There's people that think that the character of uh, the little, the guy that owned Monster Mountain. Uh-huh. They say you that mean that was, Danny DeVito? Well, yeah, but they say that that was a dig at Jerry Krause. <laughs> like, I was supposed to represent Jerry Krause uh, because of how much Jordan hated him. So, okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Dan, are you excited for Space Jam uh, 2? No, it's going to be a goddamn disaster. I don't think so. I think it's going to We don't have people. time for me to go into how bad this Next is. Next week, it's Kanye. It's what else? Uh, Kanye. Space the, Jam. Space Jam. And what was the other thing? I we already have, forgot. 
Yeah, well, we'll fucking figure it out. I'll pretend like I listened back to this episode and uh, remember Oh, comedy coming back. Yeah, comedy coming back. Again, not to this podcast, but to life in general. So my choice, uh, actually, I was going to go with the uh, Toon Squad as well. But since I have to change on the flags, we can't have two heads up there the same. I tell you what, it was tough. There's more than two people, one person on the Toon Squad. You could have picked. That's two true. I'm picking specifically squad. Wayne Knight's character, Stan Podolak, when he's flattened. So how you about you know what, you Finch? I know this isn't a concept you're familiar with, but how about just in the interest of good content? I don't want to pick the same goddamn movie <laughs> and team that Dan just picked, so that we could go. Okay, does anybody want to see Space Jam Two now? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, Brad. Go ahead. So, my t- it was a tough one, though. I was thinking between uh, Semi-Pro. I could put Coffee Black up there. Uh, I was thinking between the Little Giants, yeah. obviously. Uh, I was thinking uh, possibly Hoosiers as the best fictional team. But if, and, and it came down to two, and one eked out the other. The first runner-up was basketball, the Milwaukee Beers. Cause yeah. South, Park's, <laughs> South Park is my all-time favorite show. Matt and Trey are my, my two favorite probably content creators in history. But in the end, I felt so like... So we can't see everything he has, but Shipley just has black. Coffee black. It says coffee black. I get what too. he was so trying to say, but to say all black. I could see was just black, and that made it better for me. But yeah, I'm holding the, up a sign that says black with an arrow pointing to myself. Oh, my God. In the end, it came down to just overall cultural impact, and I have to go with the real... Team fake players of the Cleveland Indians from Major League. That's a that's a good oh, one. Oh yeah. I am putting Charlie Sheen aids it all. I am putting that face <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. For the love of You're God. just in seven different teams. <laughs> yeah, you like how I did uh, that? Air Bud, the basketball one. That's uh, problem. Uh, and that is my privilege. And if you didn't think this podcast was funny, I don't blame you. But remember, comedy what? is subjective. <laughs> Please don't call my phone again. Leave me alone. Rinse all in my lungs again.